Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. Um, so we are still in our Nexus Now series. We are, this is the last of the final two weeks, I think. Yeah. And um, no, we got, yeah. We got this week and next week. So we got uh, two more weeks in this thing. So I'm excited for what God has been doing. This series will, when we're said, when it's said and done, I think it'll be 11 weeks long. So it's going to be one of the longest running series that we've had, but it's been a great series because we've been talking about next is now. And just to give you a quick overview, when we talk about next is now, we're saying that what God wants to do in the earth is not a tomorrow thing, it's a today thing, amen? And what he wants to use and what he wants to produce and the lives that he wants to change and the hearts and uh, things that he wants to impact, it's not something that's down the road. A lot of times we pray and we ask God and we're waiting for the, the coming move of God. And the, the by and by, I'm just waiting on my move to come. And God's like, I'm, 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 I've already been there and I'm past you, bro. Uh, you, I'm going to need you to catch up with me because God is not waiting to give us revival. He made us revival. Somebody say he made me revival. What does that mean? That means when I walk into a room, guess what? Revival walks into the room. Amen. When I come into the room, I carry the presence of God. I'm a host of God's presence. So when I show up, it's not just some run-of-the-mill thing. I am literally carrying the presence of God. So when I come into the room, change can happen. Amen. God didn't make us to be, uh, uh, he he made us to be a, a thermostat, not thermometers. Come on, somebody. We set the temperature. We set the tone. Do you hear what I'm saying? And a lot of times we live our life waiting for next to come, and God is saying, you are next, and next is now. We keep waiting on this great day to show up. You know, I was growing up, when I grew up in church, let me see it. I grew up in church, and they talked about potential a lot. Right? And I don't know when it happened, but one day I got smart. Y'all hear me? I got smart because I started thinking about science class and the Bible and the preacher. And I was thinking about how the preacher would always preach about potential. You got potential. God's giving you potential. Potential this, potential that, potential, potential. And then I remember in science class, they talked about two two types of potential, energy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's kinetic energy, and I forget the other one. I don't know what the other one is. Static, right? Is it, but I don't know. Anyway. Huh? But one energy is the kind of energy that just sits and stands. That's static, duh. And then the other energy is the kind of energy that moves. Somebody say it moves. And I thought to myself, Man, all this time I've been hearing these preachers talk about potential, potential this, potential that, and I realize that I am just stagnant. I do have potential, but I'm not doing anything. 
Come on, somebody. And I had to learn how to define for myself, and maybe you don't do this, but I use science class to define for me that I didn't want just static potential. I wanted kinetic potential, energy that moves, potential that has the ability to grow, to make impact. Amen? So when we're talking about next is now, next is now, next is you, so you are it, and now is your time, not later, not down the road. Now is the time for God to use you to move and do a great work in the earth. For such a time as this, you have been born. For this moment, the, the Bible has prophesied that you would step on this earth. You are here for a reason, only purpose, for a purpose. You get what I'm saying? You're not just wondering you know, living your life, trying to figure out. No, God has set you in places on mission specifically for a reason. We believe that God's intentional until we get into a situation we don't want to be in. Hello. So next is now. Somebody say next is now. But I want to preach a message today that I have titled Next is Finished. Somebody say next is finished. And guess what, guys? We don't have message notes, so, you know, I'm sorry. But Next is Finish is the name of this message. Next is Finish. I forgot to put them in last night, unfortunately. I'm going to read, though, the verses that I have. John 19, and we're going to read verses 28 through 30. If you have it on your phone, you can pull it up. Um, if you, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. You can pull it up on your phone. You can pull it up on your tablet. Um, Amen? I love this scripture, and I love the way the Passion Translation reads, uh, translates it. It says this in John 19, 28 through 30. It says, Jesus knew. Somebody say, Jesus knew. Say it loud. Jesus knew that his mission was accomplished. And to fulfill scripture... Jesus said, I am thirsty. Now, Jesus is hanging on the cross in this moment, okay, guys? And in this moment, Jesus knew that his mission was accomplished. But to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. 29 said, a jar of sour wine was sitting nearby, so they soaked the sponge with it and put it on a stalk of hyssop and raised it to his lips. When he had sipped the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And I love the trans Passion Translation because it puts these words after it is finished. It says, it is finished, my bride. Then he bowed his head and surrendered his spirit to God. Somebody say, next is finished. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say. Be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. I don't know if y'all can give me a moment and just bear with me, but I'm gonna be real straight up with y'all. I'm I'm this Sunday pretty mad at the devil. Okay? I'm I'm angry with the enemy. I'm angry with the enemy because I'm tired of the the replay of the issues that go on in our nation 
and how it affects the lives of people that I love and people that I don't even know. You hear me? Can I just be real with y'all for a moment? Just, can I just talk? I'm tired of the enemy raising his ugly head to racism, to prejudice. I'm tired of the enemy rampaging and, and coming in people's lives and destroying their lives with false things. And, 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 and I'm just tired of seeing the enemy attack people that I love and friends and family over and over. I'm tired of hearing my friends who are hearing about my friends who are sick and hearing about my friends who are losing loved ones who are in tragic loss. And, and, and I'm tired of hearing how the enemy is attacking people in their finances and attacking people in their, in their business ownership, attacking people over and over. I am so sick of the enemy that keeps coming and trying to tell people that they are unworthy and they are not uh, 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 loved by God, I am so sick of hearing people saying, I don't come to church because I don't think God would love somebody like me. I'm sick of the enemy putting stuff in people's mind and planting seeds in people's mind of despair and, and, and anger and, and, and anxiety and, and causing issue after issue, destroying the lives of people that are near and dear to me. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the enemy acting like the fight is still on. I'm tired of the enemy acting like that he is a, 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 a worthy opponent of myself and of Jesus. I'm tired of the enemy acting like that we are still in the middle of a battle when the Bible has taught over and over that it is finished. Y'all ain't gonna let y'all ain't gonna preach with me today. Because I'm telling you, I'm in a mood today. I'm here for it this morning because I'm tired of the enemy acting like that he got some victory and that he got some clout. But I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, as the Bible explains it, is a defeated foe. He has no power. He has no dominion. He is powerless. He has been deemed and, and he has been decreed powerless and incompetent. Whatever the word is, I don't know. But he is not powerless. Powerful. And according to the word of God, he's under my feet. But I'm tired of him acting like and showing up in my face all the time. I'm so sick of the enemy trying to keep us down. I'm so sick of the, the voices that come and plant seeds in our heads that keep us down. I'm so sick of the chatterbouts of guilt, shame, and defeat that keep telling us over and over that we are unworthy and we don't deserve God's best. I'm tired of it. 
And why am I tired of it? I'm tired of it because the Bible is very clear that the enemy is defeated. The Bible is very clear that at the end of it all, we already have the victory. We are victorious. We are not fighting from a place of defeat. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. We are standing in a place of victory. We are at the end of the fight, already won. Facing a defeated foe. But somehow, we keep losing battles. Somehow, we keep letting these things creep in and define who God's called us to be. Somehow, we keep letting the enemy flow, creep into our mind and tell us little white lies. And then we let that chatterbox define our progress forward. Reading a book right now called Guilt-Free Living. And it's a great, great book. It's a very challenging book. Somebody talked about it last night. The first line in the book said, if you want a fair life, you can go to hell. That's the first line of the book, okay? That's the forward, right? It's like forward. If you want a fair life, you can go to hell. <laughs> Whoa, okay. But this book is talking about, and one of the chapters reading, he's talking about the difference between the guilty conscience and the healthy conscience and, and these different things. And he's talking about how we live with guilt and how the Bible is very clear that God has been satisfied for our sins. That the work of the cross, that when Jesus died on the cross, God was completely satisfied. He wants, he has no more anger towards us when it comes to sin. Past, present, and future. Amen? And a lot of times we forget that. But when Jesus died on the cross, he said, next is finished. Somebody say, next is finished. And we have victory. Somebody say, I have victory. But I want, I want to maybe just give you a few things this morning just to help you to remember why next is finished. Somebody say, next is finished. I know you're like, stop making me repeat stuff. But I'm going to say it over and over because you need to get it in your brain. The next is finished. Amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say, next is finished because God is for us. Do you believe God is for you? Or do you struggle with that? Romans 8, 31 through 32 says, so what does all this mean? If God has determined, hold on, determined, past tense. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then can ever stand against us? Do y'all hear this? This victory now. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold anything else he has to give. Since God has given us his son, he's certainly not going to withhold anything else. He gave his most valuable asset 
for us. Yet we think that he's going to hold back love. Or he's going to hold back financial blessing. Or he's going to hold back peace or joy because we messed up. Are you catching that? It says, since he, since he gave us that sacrifice, he certainly won't withhold anything else from us he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, not guilty. Catch that. Hear me. God is for us. God is for us. I'm going to say it again. God is for us. Somebody say, God is for us. When you stand in a courtroom and when, when, when you just think about this as a spiritual thing, when you stand in a courtroom spiritually, God is the judge on the throne. And when the enemy stands there and makes his accusation, did you see Fred did this? Fred was looking at this. Fred this, that. Fred told this right here. He said all that. God is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's looking at me and Jesus standing right next to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you, Satan. I hear you, Satan. But he's not guilty. Well, but, but, but listen, listen, he is guilty. I saw him. I got video evidence. I got all these things. No, 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 no. He's not guilty. Why? Because God is on our side. And when he stands in the courtroom, he's looking at us and he sees Jesus. He says, I know you did all these things. I know he's accusing you of all these issues. But he lets us know because of Jesus, we're not guilty. Man, you need to remember that when you wake up in the morning and the enemy starts trying to tell you that you're not worthy. No, you say, I'm not guilty. No, I'm not. You, you, you know what? Devil, you got the wrong not. I'm not worthy. No, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty of the things that you keep accusing me of. I'm not guilty of the sin issues. I'm not guilty of my faults and shortcomings. I've been set free. Oh, my word. I'm in a mood this morning. Next is finished because God is for us. Somebody say God is for us. Next thing is this. Say next is finished. Because I am free from the curse of the law. Now we, if, you, if you've been around me anytime, I talk a lot about law versus grace and how the law is actually what uh, gave birth to sin. Come on, somebody. Bible teaches that in the law, sin was made stronger. That sin actually got more strength because of the law. Because we couldn't keep it. And we kept trying. Amen. Well, I, you know, I'm, I, I messed up yesterday. I'm going to try it again today. And the Bible says, no, no, no. The new covenant is not about the law. It's about grace. It's about what Jesus did, not what you can try to do. Amen. Romans 6, 12 through 14 says this. Listen, listen. We are free from the curse of the law. Listen, it says, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. Translation, sin is powerless, so stop giving it power. 
Let me say it one more time. Sin, I said like an old battle. Sin is powerless. <laughs> so stop giving it power. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then, refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his, his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You're not governed by the law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Somebody say, next is now, because I'm no longer, no longer under the law. You don't live under the law. So the law gave sin power. And when Jesus came, the Bible says that he fulfilled the law. Every inch, inch of the law, everything that was needed to fulfill the purpose of the law, he fulfilled it. And when he fulfilled it, he delivered us from the need to fulfill the law. And he came with this new covenant. He says, I now offer you grace not law. I offer you an opportunity to real freedom, not an opportunity to trying to create your own freedom. Because here's what I learned. When we keep trying to create our own freedom, we actually build a jail for ourselves. Because the more and more that we try and try and try and try and try, we find ourselves in cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle. And the only one that can set us free, the only one that can deliver us is Jesus. Amen? Somebody say next is finished because I'm free from the curse of the law. That was a lot to say right at the end, right? Everybody's like, yo, I ain't saying the last part. Say this to me. Say, next is finished. Because Christ suffered. The Bible talks about the cross being the finished work. Amen? You don't have to worry about your future because Christ finished it on the cross. 1 Peter 3.19 says, Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all. He suffered and died for sins. How many times? How many times? I was telling them last night I grew up in the church that taught that every time you sin, you put Jesus back on the cross. And every week, we had to come down and get saved. They start off altar call, anybody here need Jesus? Nobody would raise their hand, and they go, all y'all sinners, you know you need Jesus. You did something wrong this week. Come on down here. And then we all just run, the whole church getting saved every week. Everybody except the pastor. I guess she was, she was good.
But the Bible is very clear that Jesus died for sin one time. Somebody say, once. I love you, but you ain't doing nothing bad enough to put him back on the cross. I mean, you might be bad, but, 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 bad, but you ain't that bad. You hear me? You ain't bad enough. Oh, hear me. If you're watching online, if you, uh, listen, you ain't bad enough to keep him away from you. You ain't bad enough for his cross not to be enough. You ain't bad enough. You ain't did nothing bad enough for his cross, him dying on the cross, not to be enough to change your life. Well, I did some stuff, Pastor Fred. I, I'm telling you, I did some. You ain't did nothing that bad. That it wasn't covered under the one time that he died on the cross. Christ suffered and died for sins once and for all. Listen to this. For the innocent and for the guilty. For the saved and the unsaved. Amen? For the Christian and the non-Christian. For the Republican and the Democrat. For the conservative and the liberal. Oh, y'all don't want to hear y'all. Y'all don't want to hear this preaching today. Well, Christ, I, he, I know he died for my, me, you know, I'm a conservative. He died, he died for the liberal too. Come on, somebody. Yeah, all of them, everybody. Come on. Can I, can I, can I push some more buttons? Y'all ready for this? Abortions, he died for that person too. Same sex, man, die for that person too. Person transitioning, die for them too. Oh, nobody, y'all, we don't want to hear that because we want church to be all about us. We've made this gospel so selfish that we don't think and consider the fact that Jesus never did anything for himself. He was always focusing on other people. He died on the cross for other people. He did. We're talking about Jesus. Could have did anything he wanted to do. Been anywhere he wanted. He could have created money, whatever he wanted to do. But he never used his power for himself. He used his power to serve others. That is the Savior that we serve. And the Bible says he died for everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean Everybody. Not everybody that you okay with. No, everybody. Well, my friend here ate his God died for him too. When he don't believe in Jesus, it don't matter. He, the cross was for him. Oh, y'all better strap in. That made you upset. This next series going to really put some buttons. Come on, somebody. He died for everybody. The racist person, he died for them too. Lord have mercy. Help me with that one, Jesus. Come on.
Gotta love them. And you gotta approach them with grace. And you gotta approach them knowing that they are still a child of the king. And that's hard. I'm I'm gonna be real with you. That's hard. This weekend, I wanted to lay these hands of grace on some folks. Come on. Grace and mercy. Peace and joy. Y'all think I'm playing. But you got to love them, amen? Because Christ suffered for all of us. Man. You know how radical it would be if every believer in the world could internalize that and really believe it? If we really put other people above ourselves and love them unconditionally? Our churches would be packed every Sunday. People knew that the cross once and for all was enough for every sin. Christ suffered and died once for all for the innocent and the guilty to bring you near to God by his, whole, by his body being put to death and being raised to life by the Spirit. Amen? I got two more. Y'all got time for two more? Promise you we'll be done. Next is finished because Jesus has overcome the world. Somebody say overcome the world. John 16, 31 through 33 says this. Jesus replied, now you finally believe me. Now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you all will be scattered and each of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble. You hear what Jesus said? In this world, you're going to experience trouble. It's coming. Amen? And sorrows. But you must be courageous. For I have conquered the world. One translation says, for I have overcome the world. Amen? You must be courageous. Next is finished because Christ has conquered. He has overcome the world. You're going to have sorrows. You're going to have hard days. You're going to have good days, bad days, troubles, sorrows. But Christ has overcome the world. And the Bible says that, he says this, the peace that's in me, I'm putting it in you. So that when you approach and you face troubles and trials and various things, and the enemy does try to tell you in your mind that you're not worthy, all these things, when you come up against that stuff, you have the peace of God inside you to guide you into the truth and knowing that God is on your side. He is for you. You can be courageous in a world where Christ has overcome. Amen? Somebody say he's overcome. Last thing is this. Next is finished. Because God 
has given us victory. Catch what I said there. He has given us victory. We ain't working for it. It's been given to us. We ain't striving for it. It's been given to us. We ain't paying for it. It's, it's been given to us. We ain't tithing for it. It's, it's been given to us. We ain't given an offering so we can get victory. You've been given victory. You hear me? Deuteronomy. This is the Old Testament, okay? Some of y'all like me. You're always preaching New Testament. I'm going to throw some Old Testament in there for you, okay? Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4 says this. When you go to war against your enemy and see horses and chariots and a great army, an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, he's talking to the children of Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt, will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear Israel, today you're going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. Listen to this. To give you victory. Can you, uh, listen, I want you to picture this for a minute. They're standing there, about to go into battle, getting ready. And the priest said, don't y'all be scared, don't y'all be afraid, don't be terrified. Don't even worry. We're going to run down this hill, we're going to run, we're going to storm the camps of the enemy. But this is what I want you to know. God is going before us. And by the time we show up, He's going to be standing there to hand us victory. What am I trying to say? Next is finished because you have been given victory. I need you to understand under this new covenant, under this covenant of grace, the battle, and really if you look at this Old Testament, God was already trying to tell them, this battle has never been yours. Remember that song, that Yolanda Adams song? Anybody used to love? I play that thing on repeat. For the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord, it's the Lord. Well, I got a mad falsetto. Y'all know what? Y'all like, ooh, what? It's nice. But that song, my mom used to play it on repeat because the truth is, it's the truth we need to grab. The battle has never been ours. It's always been the Lord's. The Bible's are clear and clear. Stand still. You know, be at peace. Stand still. Let the Lord fight your battle. Stop trying to win a victory that he's trying to give to you. We keep trying to exert energy and God's like, Please just stop. Come on. Y'all know that face that you make at your kids when they get on your Stop. What is you doing? Y'all don't picture God like I picture God like that in heaven sometimes. Just look at me like, for, for real, friend. What is you? Just go sit out. 
Go. Precious. <laughs> Go sit down somewhere, man. When I was growing up, my, my, my mom, them, they would always put, like, the grown people table in a certain spot. And then the kids had a table that was down the hall somewhere. And they'd always say, get out of grown folk business. Go down there and sit at the kids' table. Y'all ever had that? Was that just a black, black people thing? I'm just, I'm just making, okay. Because my mom would be like, uh, but you in grown folk business? Or if you be sitting there watching, they say, get out of my mouth. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all just, <laughs> some of y'all like that, though, with your kid. Just liking that to God. God's like, won't you stop meddling grown folk business? Be the child that I called you to be. In my kingdom, you're my child. Let me handle this. I want you to stop exerting energy over stuff that I've already won for you. You keep on trying to fight a battle that I finished a long time ago. Man, that's good. And the Lord don't want us to do that. He wants to just stand still and know that he is God. Amen? Victory comes from him. Victory belongs to Jesus. Amen? Till next is finished, y'all. Next is finished. And we got to live our life knowing that the finished work of the cross is enough for what God has planned to do in our life. But Fred, you talk, it's always, it always comes back to the cross for you because that's all it is. Amen? I heard a preacher say recently, he said, before the cross was repentance, after the cross was redemption. The cross is the dividing point of it all. Before the cross, law. After the cross, grace. You hear me? Before the cross, far away from God. After the cross, close. It's always been about the work of Jesus, what he did on the cross. And preachers will say, well, you know, I appreciate the work of the cross, and I just want to know what's after the cross. Let me tell you something. That's where we get messed up in. Because we think the cross is to bring us prosperity and all these other things. The cross ain't about you. The cross was to deliver you so you could go tell other people about what Jesus did. Amen. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can have a big old house. He didn't die on the cross so you can get more money and you can buy more cars. All that stuff is nice. Don't get me wrong. You know, I like to buy cars. If I could buy a car every week, I would. My wife wouldn't like it. But if we think that's what Jesus did, 
on the cross for us, if we think that's why, we miss the entire reason for what Jesus did for us. And we need to live our life and say, Lord, if I never get another paycheck, you're still worthy. Now, that's difficult. I don't want to live that life. But do we have that kind of faith? Do we believe that the cross is enough? That even we don't have the things that we so desire, we know that we're still living in victory. Amen? Can you stand with me? So next is finished. Next is finished. I want you to put your weapons down. I want you to put your anger down, put it all aside. And I want you to live in rest and peace because God has finished the work. Put it all down. Put it all aside. Because God has finished the work. Amen. I want to I want to share something with you guys real quick before we uh, before we close. One of our one of our own is facing a tough time right now, and I'm not going into detail. I I talked with him last night. I asked him if I could share just for us to be praying for him. He's facing something right now and he needs prayer. Uh, Shirako, which is Kaylin's significant other, uh, her and him. Uh, it's, it's been a, child, a trying weekend. Amen? And uh, I want us to pray. I want us to pray for her and I want us to pray for him. We're going to do that as a church family. Kaylin, do you mind coming up here? We can lay hands on you and pray for you. Can I get some ladies to come surround her and love on her for a little bit? I'm just get y'all to stretch your hands toward her. Stand here as a representation for her and Paraco. We're gonna pray. Just take a moment and just begin to pray for them. Pray for peace, pray for joy, pray for strength. Can y'all do that? Close your eyes, pray for them. we are so grateful we're grateful that your peace and your joy permeates our hearts like never before and I pray for our sister right now pray for our brother and the things they're dealing with and facing we know you to be greater we know you to be stronger and God we stand in faith with them right now that your perfect will 
happen in this situation. We stand in faith with them right now that what is happening will not be eternal. And God, we decree and declare right now that the plan of the enemy is null and void. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And I thank you for the joy that restores souls. God, I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And I pray right now that they live in that moment. They know that you are for them. They know that you are with them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And God, just as we even prayed last night together, I pray that this moment be a moment that draws them close together. Thank you that out of this we'll see the great, great victory of the Lord. Come on, y'all, just stretch your hands toward her and pray. Come on, pray. Pray. Prevail Church for this podcast. 
We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.